0: Three, two, one. Welcome to the Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from feminism, feminist issues, and more. You are joined by your co host, Megan Hoharts and Kenzie Mifax. Hello. Hi. What's What's up? (laughs) Not much. How are you? Good. My teeth are funny. Why? Because I got a new stopper put on today. So I feel like like one of those little things on Invisalign that. It's like glue to make your teeth move, and so I have a new one, and so I feel like my lisp is back.
1: Oh, okay. Do you hear it? Your your teeth are looking great. I haven't, like, studied them in a minute. They're looking good. (laughs) They look pretty good, I think. They do. How was our weekend, Megan? We spent a lot of the weekend together, actually.
0: It was really good. It was Chelsea's
1: baby shower. Yes, and then we hung out on Friday night, too we did we <laughs> did like yeah. what i'm like didn't we yeah pretty we did. sure we did
0: hannah came over to play with annie yeah and then she did good. you were over there setting up for the baby shower i was stressed she was so stressed oh my god she was getting so pissed at this balloon art well because i spent like two and a half
1: hours building the thing you spent a long ass time building that and thing. then it wouldn't stick to the wall and i was like i did not do this for nothing
0: You spent, like, I was literally there from, like, 8 to 11. And most of it was with the balloon arch. 99% of the time was with the balloon arch. And you were already, like, halfway done by the time I got there. Yeah.
1: My back hurt from, like, working on it. Like, bending over and, like, messing with it. It was
0: so good, though.
1: It was beautiful. It was very Instagram background-worthy.
0: It was so perfect. And then I... Um, I have relatively good handwriting and so, oh yeah, Kinsey got me to write on the chalkboards, like take one alcoholic, non-alcoholic, like little signs for all of the stations. And so I just felt like Kinsey really needed some positive reinforcement about the balloon arch. So like every time I would like write a word on the chalkboard, I'd look up and be like, Kinsey, that balloon arch. Oh my God, you're (laughs) freaking killing it. That balloon arch is so good. (laughs) Megan
1: knows how to put me in a good mood by now. And um, have you ever seen my handwriting? Have you seen it before? Yeah, it's not the best. (laughs) It looks like a 13 year old boy
0: who has a hand tremor? Are you Which I do handed? have a
1: hand tremor. I'm not just
0: making fun of people with hand tremors. No. Most people with left hands have really bad handwriting, but I'm just naturally awful. I like like to, you know, there's not many things that I brag about myself, but I will <laughs> brag that my handwriting is is not that bad. It's pretty killer actually. <laughs> and we
1: thought the whole time no offense like i'm sure it would have been equally as great but we thought the whole time you did chelsea's <laughs> wedding signs <laughs> no and they were flawless they like were someone flawless. printed them and she goes oh no i used a stencil I of was course
0: like, i used a stencil are you kidding i couldn't have done that but it was a wedding like i had to do really good on we that. were wildly impressed <laughs> For years, we thought you free-handed it. No way, Jose. If I free-handed that, I would have a whole Etsy shop just writing nonstop. Like, I would make a living off of my handwriting. Perfect. And we do podcasts on calligraphy. Yes. I still sometimes consider doing calligraphy.
1: And mine just looks like drunk calligraphy.
0: (laughs) I just... The only reason that I don't, honestly, is because I I don't want to be bad at it. And then I would be so heartbroken if I was bad at calligraphy. You know, because, like, my handwriting... You would do great at it. My handwriting is subpar. It's... That's not true. Does subpar mean good or bad? Bad. Oh, my handwriting is above par. Like, par
1: Par is good. Okay, above par. Like, when you hit a par in golf, and so subpar would be below.
0: So, if my handwriting is good, that means my handwriting is above par, but I don't know if, like, if I were to do calligraphy, I'd be so terrified that I'd suck at it. And then my whole identity as having good handwriting is just gone and thrown up in the air. And oh, it's wow. To that's shit. a lot, right? Writing on this. That's the only reason that I don't take calligraphy lessons.
1: See, you know what I have a fear of? You know, those, like, paintings where you wine and you paint? Yes. Like, what's that called? Where you drink wine and you paint? I have a fear of those because, like, everyone's turns out relatively okay. Yes. And I genuinely think mine would look like someone just barfed on a piece of art. Like, I
0: don't think I could.
1: And I come from like a line of artists.
0: And so that's why you don't do them.
1: Yeah. Because I'd be scared. I get it. I mean, I get it. Can you imagine? I'm like the only person in history who couldn't achieve that. But maybe people just don't post it when they're that bad. Yeah,
0: that's probably do it. Do you think that's it? Yeah. Okay. And your grandmother's a really good artist. Your mom's a really good artist. Chelsea's actually pretty legit, too. Chelsea can do
1: it, too. My dad actually can. He just... He d- likes buildings, so he does... build He wanted to be an architect. So... And then there's me. And then there's
0: you. You're creative in other ways. Podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so today's kind of a serious topic. Um... I kind of wanted to do it in light of um, some big events that occurred. Um, Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain's um, suicide, which I actually think hit very hard. Um, They committed suicide relatively close to one another. Kate Spade being a very famous handbag designer and a powerful uh, businesswoman and Anthony Bourdain being very famous for his just... Being able to take food and culture and combine it together and just tell stories um, and taking us around the world. Um, He kind of inspired me to be a journalist and um, well, one of the people that inspired me to be a journalist. But it kind of hit home, I feel like. And the number of suicides has gone up significantly. And I've actually personally, and I've known a lot of people, a lot of my friends that have gone through mental health issues. And so I think it's just important to continue to talk about it and not like be
0: closeted. I couldn't agree even more. And it was kind of strange um, how much Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain suicide really did have an impact on me. I mean, I don't know them personally by any means, but I, especially Kate Spade, for some reason, I couldn't stop reading about it. I couldn't stop, like, looking at it on social media, Um, and I think that when that kind of stuff happens, we also, I was so concerned for her daughter and her husband, and I don't know, it's almost like we don't even know these people, yet they're put in this limelight to us, and then um, it can have an impact on others as well.
1: Right. Um, And so, I mean, personally, I feel like there's a lot of things I want to talk about today, Megan, but I felt like my own mental health before this year, well, before maybe in 2016 and below that, I felt like very closeted by it. You know, like I was terrified of going to therapy and you and Chelsea actually like encouraged me
0: to try it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think that myself included, um, I've had mental health issues since I was probably like a, I probably had them my whole life, but I started going to therapy since I was like a junior in high school on and off. And I think that through high school, through college, I didn't talk about it. I mean, with my mom and my close friends, but that's it. Even my partners, I wouldn't really talk too much about it. But, um, now I think that, I want to talk about it and um, make it be known so that way people realize that they're not alone.
1: Right. Um, Some of the things I wanted to discuss, what do you think the culture is around, like, having a mental illness or just mental health in general? What do you feel like the culture and the stigma is behind that? Like, what the negative is what I'm talking about mainly.
0: Yeah. I think that we don't talk about it enough. And I also think that if you have a physical illness, it's like, Oh, that person can't control it or, um, take cancer. For instance, that person didn't ask for it. It was brought on to them, um, out of their will. whereas mental illness, I don't think has the same thought. Like maybe people think, Oh, they're doing it to themselves or, um, if they would have made a different choice, and at some point in their life, this wouldn't be happening to them. Um, But I don't think that that's the case by any means.
1: Right. And so I kind of looked up a few like research articles, and then just general like websites that talk about psychology. So psychology today says um, that research to suggests that the majority of people hold negative attitudes and stereotypes towards people with mental illness from a young age children will refer to each other as crazy or weird and then these terms commonly throughout adulthood as well often naked uh, stereotypes involve perceptions that people with mental illness are dangerous. The perception is fueled by media stories that paint violent perpetrators as mentally ill without providing context of the broad spectrum of me- mental illness. Like even before this podcast, and I like went Ugh, when I said I said it in my head. I, I like looked at you and I go, my hair looks like t- crap today. And I like looked at Megan and I was like, do I look insane? Like you know, it's like that common language, right? You know what I mean?
0: It's also, I mean, this goes back to many episodes that we've done in the past about words that we use. Um, I know that we talked about slut and bitch and those types of words and how we use those in everyday life and how we can kind of talk about it more to switch the perception. And so This also is in the same line, calling people crazy, saying, do I look insane? Does my hair look crazy? Like just little tiny things like that, that we don't even realize that we're doing in the first place.
1: Right. And they're uh, like in popular culture and in media and even just back historically, I'm sure. I mean, I didn't live through that time, so I can't speak to it. But there were like psych wards, like psychiatric wards where like people would be sent away. And I'm sure there's similar things to it. But like it's kind of like it's put in horror movies as something like a villain. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's painted as this like terrifying thing. And, um, I actually did a news story a few years ago in, oh, Hannah's playing with her toys (laughs) in the background. Um, we did this news story a few years ago in Oklahoma where there used to be like, well, there still is like a big mental facility from like the early 1900s. And there was, um, these boys who had mental health issues and their parents just gave them up to these psych wards. And, um, I was covering this story where they uncovered a grave, an unmarked grave where the bodies, after a fire broke out, like no one went in to rescue them. And after the, well, I don't know that actually, I'm going to retract that, but there was a fire at the psych ward. All the boys died and they put them, or most of the boys died and they put them in an unmarked grave without any coffins, just carelessly put them into a hole. And finally, like Several years later, we found it in like a graveyard. And so it's just
0: like people even thrown away, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, for a mental health issue that obviously was not talked about then compared to today. I think that we're taking steps in the right direction, but I still don't think we talk about it enough. But back then it was probably do not talk about it whatsoever. Totally. And,
1: you know, I've heard people call and we're kind of bouncing forth. We're not strictly talking about suicide, but I'll be talking back and forth about it. And it's not painting a whole spectrum as everyone with mental illness goes to suicide. You know what I mean? Obviously not. Um, But we're also I've heard people call like suicide selfish and awful and painting it like a blank page and trying to understand or. And it's not trying to understand or solve the pain by just calling it selfish, suicide selfish. Like, I kind of want to call that out because, I mean, personally, and I really don't talk about this and I'm not trying to freak anyone out, but like that I know personally that listens But I've been in that dark hole where it feels like you're dark hole and you're by yourself and there's no way of getting out. And for people just to call it like a blank page selfish, it makes people, I think, not want to talk about it even more, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're ridiculing someone and you don't know who you're saying. That's so selfish. Can you believe that person committed suicide? You don't know if they're thinking Mm -hmm. of suicide. And so that makes them not want to tell you even more those dark thoughts. Right. You know what I mean? And so I just feel like a lot of people get into this dark hole and by talking to other people, you feel like, like, this is what I think about like depression in my head where you get into this dark hole and it feels like you're alone and you can't get out and you don't know what to do. And like the way to help is maybe to tell someone else and you don't have to be in that hole alone. Someone can like reach in and grab you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, so why is hell such, like, a mental taboo? I think it's, like, such a thing where people don't talk about it. I think it's, it's kind of what you mentioned, though. It's not a physical thing.
0: Right. I think that it's also because maybe there is a stigma around the fact that um, it's not something that other people who maybe don't have mental health issues think oh they can control it it's controllable it's um like I mentioned earlier they made maybe made a decision in the past that's led them to this point um, whereas uh, physical illness truly isn't controllable I think that maybe sometimes the perception is that mental health is controllable and you can control your thoughts and you can control your emotions and how you react to those those things and I think that if um, more people knew that, hey, I can't control my OCD or my anxiety or my depression or whatever it may be, it's like a chemical imbalance of the brain, Um, then that could be um, more of a light.
1: Yeah. And I think being aware, like I know everyone's like, oh, this world is so PC. But I mean, like imagine if people do have OCD and I hear people say all the time, oh, I'm so OCD or like I'm just going to kill myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're not serious. Yeah. You know, there's things like that that make it um, not great. Um, so what could happen if it's not addressed? What do you feel like could happen if mental health issues aren't addressed? Like someone just goes.
0: Yeah. I think that what happens if it's not addressed, If you, I don't, I think that if you don't get the help that you need, then you can be in an even darker spot. So I've, had bouts of depression and anxiety and anxiety attacks and if i don't get the um, professional help from a therapist those those patterns extend longer than necessary or they the anxiety attack is even worse than it was the last time and so they just kind of roll over and boil over and one thing leads to another and you do end up in that dark hole that you were mentioning Um, And I think that with the help of a therapist, with the help of I've been on medication in the past, um, I think that then the anxiety attacks become less frequent or maybe not nearly as severe or not nearly as long. Maybe they were, I don't know, five minutes. Now they're only a minute. And it just helps so much to get the professional help as well as for me, medication was needed. And so um, I think that in the end, it's a really, really rough time when it's there. But after getting the help that I need, then I can be in a better spot.
1: A hundred percent. I feel like if people aren't helped, they could helped, They could self-medicate by maybe through alcohol or drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could hurt themselves or others because they're too afraid to say something until it gets to that point. Um, another thing from psychology to day um, is... Further, as people begin to experience symptoms of their mental health conditions, such as anxiety or or depression, stigma may cause people to try to avoid, separate, or suppress these feelings, all of which has been linked to worsening the well-being. Another quote from an academic article called Understanding the Impact of Stigma on People with Mental Illness by Patrick Corrigan and Amy C. Watson is on the... uh, um, they are challenged by the stereotypes and prejudice, I guess people with mental health uh, with mental health illness, um, sorry, I lost my place, and prejudice that result from misconceptions about mental illness. As a result, both people with mental illnesses are robbed of the opportunities that define a quality of life, like a good job, safe housing, satisfactory health care, and an affliction with a diverse group of people well <laughs> um so yeah so anyway we think it's important to talk about i guess
0: just so that it so you don't feel quite as alone yeah cause just talking just talking about it to one person can even help a lot
1: a ton and benefits of therapy you don't have to have a mental illness to go to therapy i know th- um uh, the stigma of therapy i think is that people are weak do mm-hmm. you feel like that Or something has to be wrong. But happy people can go.
0: Yeah. And I also would like to point out that just because you went to a therapist 10 years ago and it didn't help you then, doesn't mean that it won't help you now. I think that... Mm -hmm it's one of those things where it's like, okay, maybe at that time in your life, you hadn't found the right person because the right person and the right um, therapy approach makes a huge difference. And so I know some people in my life will say, oh, I tried therapy. I think I've said that. tried it junior year of high school for two sessions. I'm like, no, you Mm -hmm. need to commit to, two sessions isn't going to do crap, to be quite frank. Um, Two sessions, you're barely getting to know each other. And so I think that, Making sure that you have the right therapist, that would mean, hey, maybe if you don't feel a connection after four sessions, okay, then maybe it's time to, to see if there's somebody else out there. But trying multiple thera- therapists, trying multiple forms of therapy, um, every therapist kind of has their own way of doing things and their own way of talking about things. And so just because it didn't work when you were 16 doesn't mean it's not going to work now.
1: And I remember going at around 16 for the first time. I only went to one appointment and I remember not going back because of the stigma. Like I thought I was crazy for having to go. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm never going back. And I remember her just like, and I was 16 and I couldn't like figure out how this was going to help my like severe depression. I had, she was like, write down how you're feeling. And I'm like, how's that? That's not going to help lady. And so like, I just gave up. So it's like continued going in. Honestly, that lady and I didn't have a connection. She was very, just not like this, a similar person to me. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. The therapist that you choose can have, I mean, that has a great impact on what you're going to get out of it. And so I want to say my therapist now said, give a therapist four sessions to establish a relationship and then kind of make your decision. Is this a good relationship or should I be on the search for another one? But because I don't know, the first session is all like getting to know you and your background, your history. And until you kind of get past that, I think that that's when a, a big difference can be made.
1: Definitely. Hannah, do you agree? Hannah's now up in the picture. Hannah needs a therapist she's scared of people yes but we're getting over that by exposure and talking about it huh um so I wanted to talk about how like talking about it so much does help like my favorite murder Karen and Georgia talk about it a lot and have you ever heard like their viewers write into them about how much it's helped them in their mental health oh yeah so that's proof um so yeah does anxiety seem like it's on the rise to you at all I don't know if it's on the rise or maybe if we're just talking about it more. It might be. Um, I wonder sometimes, though, if it's also strengthened because of social media mm-hmm. and, and the culture. saturation mm-hmm. and like comparing yourself constantly and having to see everyone's rows of a life. That's not real. That's not real. Mm-hmm. That's the best part of their life. Because it would be hard to like be like, this is the shit day I'm having. Look how bad my hair looks today. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But yeah. So I wanted to talk about relaxing techniques and Megan could talk about hers uh, too. Um, A lot of them you probably do too. So I like baths. Doesn't get much better than that. And some wine maybe, but don't self-medicate purely on that, but just relaxing with some wine and a bath. I'm not advocating alcohol to solve your problems though. Um, Yoga. Yes. That's always awesome. Um, Breaths, like deep breaths. Like, I feel like where I carry my stress is my upper back. Like, it's tense right now. And my chest. Mm -hmm. Um, And then meditation. Um, And another thing my therapist taught me to relax is, like, first you um, it's like all about your senses. So first you like spot five things that you see. Like right now I see a lamp right now. I see the reflection of the city skyline, the TV, a lamp. And so you just like point out things to yourself. And this is like techniques to kind of bring you back to reality. If you're kind of going into a dark place, another thing is like listening to four things, feeling three things, tasting a few things, you know what I mean? And then you'll kind of, like, once you get to one, you, like, are kind of back. That's really...
0: That's an awesome technique. My therapist gave me the technique of when I feel panicky or when I start to feel, like, anxious about something, like putting both feet on the ground and saying... Because my panic has to do always with the future. And, like, what's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? And being in the present is a really important thing that I need to notice. And so in order to do that, put both feet on the ground and say, right now I am safe. Like, it doesn't matter what's going to happen in the future. It doesn't matter what's going to happen. I can't control that. But right now everything is okay. And so um, I think that both of those techniques can be really beneficial.
1: I heard an interesting theory. Someone said the other day to me, and I thought it was so interesting. They think there's a lot of anxiety out there because anxiety is like the fight-or-flight reflex, kind of. And so that's why we're so stimulated because we come from generations of people that survived throughout evolution. And so they always had a fight-or-flight. And so they were the anxious ones. And that's why they think everyone is so anxious nowadays.
0: Because the people who where our ancestors survived or flew uh, were the ones that survived and then the ones who did not fight so we naturally have it
1: yeah so we naturally like have it you know
0: interesting
1: i thought it was interesting um i don't know if it's (laughs)
0: interesting to most people
1: um but one of i wanted to kind of say and wrap again call the suicide hotline or reach out to someone but the number for the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255 um what are you looking forward to this week
0: i am looking forward to going to vancouver vancouver i haven't been it's the best place i'm going to see vance joy what's that uh, he is a singer oh. um and one of my favorites oh i really? want to say he's from london he's from england he's I, gone haven't awesome. heard of him. I think you probably heard one of his songs um mm. I'll play it for you. Oh, cool. But um, I'm really excited. I also just want to do a quick mention of the Pride Parade that was on Sunday. Um, I got to witness some of it, and I think that it was just a great show of collaboration, Uh, people coming together from all different ages, races, uh, sexual orientations. um, And I think that it was just a great way for Seattle to come together.
1: I know. I want to go next year, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what am I looking forward to this week? Ooh. I'm just, li- I'm continually looking forward to summer. I have two people that are com- going to come visit me soon. Um, two of my childhood best friends, Cody and Emily. Oh, cool. Emily's coming in a few weeks. So yeah. So I'm really excited. Um, but Is yeah, she going to stay with
0: Chelsea? Uh,
1: I have no idea. I need to ask.
0: <laughs> so when is Cody coming? Uh, in 19 days, I think july then yeah are they coming the same time no separate times yeah
1: Uh, emily's like he's mid-month emily's end
0: maybe would he want to be on our podcast i think he would
1: we're putting him on the spot definitely right now well um but he definitely would i bet okay he is a feminist for sure okay i really want to meet this guy he's my spirit animal okay well we love you thanks for sticking with us and have a wonderful week bye